0: Basil, Stephen, Jason. Hello. <laughs> Last time we
1: had Jason on the podcast, you were in South America on a recliner
2: with lots of sun. Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, yeah I bet I was you were in, sure uh, back there now. Aye. Yeah, I do actually. Where was I? I was in um, Medellin. Yes, Medellin, you were. the home of um, the Pablo Hotel. Escobar. Yeah, Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that
1: was that was before COVID. That. Did you Just go? before COVID. Yeah, yeah. Just. Did you
0: go on the tour? Were you going to see his house and all that? Because no, apparently no, no. there's a tour though, isn't there, for all that? Perhaps go and possibly, see all his yeah. house and all that.
2: No, we went for an exhibition and then I did, I was away for a month actually, um, South America and then America. Yeah. And finished off at the MJBs. Did, you didn't go this year obviously, did you? No, I went to um, uh, England versus New Zealand instead of the weekend. <laughs> that was great. Did you win? We drew. We were uh what were we? We were 6-25 down with 10 minutes to go. It was a shocking game. We played yeah. rubbish. The referee was shit. And um and then they put on the afterburners and it was 25 all. Yeah. Last it was unbelievable the last 10 minutes. What a finish. Yeah, really yeah. nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well for, for our listeners this is a prequel to the next season of podcasts um where Jason and Autopot are a partner again, but we wanted to do something a little bit different because Jason's been with us since day one, a friend of the podcast and the shop and the media company since day one. So we're, and and with 20 plus years experience in the industry, we thought we'd rather me and Barry just waffling on, we'd bring someone in with actual knowledge and actual experience and uh, and just talk about what's been going on over the last couple of years. And we're going to talk about the products, these amazingly gorgeous products that Jason's Released or releasing uh, the source, which we'll get into the new fertiliser and then we're going to talk about some juicy shit so you're going to want to stay tuned because we've got some opinions and as some people know we're not afraid to share them isn't that right buddy? <laughs> it is. <laughs> so we'll get into it uh, coach you put the intro here and we'll go and get yourself a cup of tea or a coffee or a beer and we'll be back after the Intro <laughs> All good. Ready to go? Just tear my voice up a little bit. Oh god, everyone watching, the whole family. What? What? Are you ready to go? I'm going to be in the house, in the house that I built, in the house that I built. I know people tune in every Sunday to listen, but even when business is good, we still manage to do the podcast. In <laughs> Right, Jason. I know nothing about the or probably know a little bit about some of these products, but these all look brand new. First of all, from a from a, a design point of view, top ten out of ten to the designer, who are we giving credit
2: to? Uh to Luke, to a guy called Mike, who we employed as an illustrative art artist, um, and Josh, my son. So they've all worked and me a little bit as well, and Ray in the background signing it all off and being the boss. Um <laughs> But the whole idea was we we got five product or six products in total one's brand new which is the Tray to grow which the tool has just arrived in port on Sunday so we should have that coming out um I'll probably say in the next 10 days and then boxed and ready to go for the garden center market in the new year we'll probably do some offers on it as well but six products in total, five existing products and what we really were looking at is because cardboard prices are going up um, environmental sustainability of cardboard being able to be recomposted. If you, if ever, most people in the hydro industry globally will remember the four pot system in a full color photography box. Well, that box was costing us an absolute fortune because of the way it's processed and it wasn't compostable. So we looked at options of reducing our packaging. And lo and behold, by doing what we've done, three colors, all these boxes are just three colors. Um, and illustrative artwork, the ink's organic that's supplied to the box and the box is now fully compostable and I think on most of the boxes it's got FSC, um, you know, certified so that it is fully compostable Um, and it just, when we went to Glee in June, uh, you know, the big garden centre show there, it really stood out because there's nothing like it in the garden centres with regards to artwork and and obviously the way Autopop works. So, what we're looking at is positioning ourselves over the next couple of years between Hose Lock and Gardenia, because mostly they're drip irrigation off a hose pipe or off a, off a tap. So we've obviously got Medwin's blessing on all the boxes, and pretty much got Medwin's stamp on there to say that, you know, Medwin uses it and he's won all the gold medals at Chelsea Flower Show. So we've created a gondola end. Um, we've got the four pot system in a new fancy box, the easy to grow system in a new fancy box. Same with the AquaBox spider, the AquaBox straight, the easy to go and the new tray to grow, which comes out. And that is originally it was designed the tray to grow, to do, um, a grow bag to water an irrigator grow bag as it's turned out. And it's not by design, it's by luck. Um, It'll fit four standard seed trays. These are standard seed trays for the garden centre market. Mm. Um, it'll fit pots of all sizes. Um, it'll do, which we're just making now at the moment, two seed, um, two microherb flats and a 107-litre um, fabric grow bag um, or planter. So it's it's probably been the most complicated tool that I've designed. It's the biggest tool I've ever designed. The tool in weight for that tray to grow is five tonnes. The press, the press. Well, no, the press is the machine. What is it like? The two pieces, the two big pieces of steel. That's obviously you know. If you imagine, um, is it like
0: injected? Is it? Yeah.
2: So if you imagine two big lumps of steel carved on the inside, and like a male and a female, yeah, Yeah. and they close together, and then the molten plastic comes in from the top, fills the cavities, it cools it, opens up, pushes out the product. So those two lumps of steel, each one one is two and a half tons each. Wow. So it, it's been, I mean, I started that design two years ago. So by the time we get it out, it'll be, well, it'll be two years to get that finished and ready, as well as all the box designs and everything. So, and you see that tools being shipped in? Yeah. So we quite often, 99 times out of 100, we manufacture our injection mold tools in China because it's cheaper. Yeah. Um, and then we ship the tools from China to here to manufacture here in the UK because our manufacturing prices are pretty much the same as China. Yeah if you think about it logically, if I had all my tools in China when the pandemic hit, Autopop would have probably gone under because of the cost of the, um, yeah. the, the container yeah. prices. I mean, container prices have now come down quite dramatically. Um, and it, 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 it's a couple of, a couple of reasons, really the Chinese are obviously struggling. The global economy is struggling and they need to get prices down to encourage people to shift stuff out of China again. Um, how, if it'll work, I don't know. I mean, the global economy, as far as I can see, I think you've got another two or three years of this yet yeah, before easy. you see any upturn on, on you know, on industry, whatever industry you're in. Um, but we're obviously we're unique, so you know, people will want to try and grow their own vegetables are going up, and people still want to grow their own. So I think we've got a good chance, and also because the garden centres they're sitting on a lot of product they bought in 20, 2020 and twenty twenty one still. So they are actively looking for British unique products. Yeah. So we fall into that category.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And obviously our irrigation technology is unique. um, And obviously what we've done with the, the packaging, the point of sale material is quite unusual as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed, over the next couple of years, you'll start seeing autopot. Becoming mainstream into garden centres and got floriency like. there and everything. I like
0: the packaging though. It is. Thank you.
2: And and even saying I would not have noticed
0: like, but there is only three colours between all the boxes. Isn't yeah, it? no, it's weird. that I don't yeah. notice. It's weird that you don't notice it. But now yeah. you've said that, I can see it. But I like it as well. The pack- I think the yeah. packaging is lovely. Yeah, we were limited
2: because of the way that the, the, that we've designed it. If you imagine it, it's a big long press that the box the the, the box goes through the flat cardboard goes through so it starts at one end in a big pile picks up one sheet picks up the blue picks up the orange or the red and then picks up the green and yeah. then you're and at the those. other end the reason we're limited in the amount of colours you can get a two millimetre movement as that piece of cardboard slides from one end yeah. to the other yeah. so you have to make sure you leave certain amount of gaps here there and everywhere the competi- to make for sure that. you don't get a crossover on yeah. the colours so yeah it's it's been it's been difficult but yeah, we're just literally just about to go to press with the, with the boxes. Um, yeah, yeah, we're happy with them. It's taken bloody ages, yeah. but yeah. I like it. Do you know
1: what I think is going to do really well <clears throat> in the garden center, is Just my opinion, mm. it's the grow bags one. Yeah, I think like obviously grow bags for people who, who, who don't know haven't used them. You can buy tomato bags, can't you? Yeah. And you just plant your seeds, or you get the mm. potato bags, you plant the seeds, and they literally just grow out the bag. Well, this is we'll put pictures up on on our Instagram as well. Um, but the tray, the water valve, and then you've got obviously you've got the bamboos up the side. The tomatoes growing up the top. So it's all the fertilisers in the bag, and it's been watered through the aqua valve. I really like, like the box that. the
0: way it shows you though what mm. you can do with it. Yeah, mm. do you know what I mean? The four, the four well, it's five in five total. Options. Yeah, there's probably well, in the more the isn't box it? it's Simple, well, isn't well yeah, it? I mean you, you know you could yeah, probably, yeah, put, yeah, probably you could put cocoa pots in slabs on
2: there. You yeah. know you could probably there's probably other ways. You know I'm sure. The industries will have a play and, and, and you know, they might even just drop drop a bag of cocoa on there and, and see if that works, which I know it will anyway. For the pots of all sizes, because you've been f- for,
1: remember when we very first started doing the YouTube show, which is over five mm. years ago now, six years ago, you've always been trying to find the perfect matter, haven't you? Yeah. For whether it's for micro herbs and you've, sustainability, cleanliness, mm. Um a uh, have you come because because the reason I'm saying that is the pots of all sizes looks as though that might have like a bit of a sheet or something yeah, to, spread, so to spread or
2: else. Use it in two methods. So the grow bag method, you put 10 spikes in the tray and thread a capillary mat through and drop the grow bag onto it. And that pierces the base of the the grow bag. For all the other methods, the other four methods, you basically, I've got channels in the tray and you put capillary matting down two of the channels, that draws the moisture up to the top level, similar to the easy to propagate really, Yeah. but it's just matting. So we don't have to import cocoa matting from Sri Lanka anymore or anything like that, so we're losing that carbon footprint again. Yeah. So it's just matting um, and channels, so you just put the matting in two channels and root control on the top and it, the moisture comes up to the surface and as long as you've got the substrate in the pot touching the surface of the of the matting, you're fine. If you're growing bonsai, for example, you just put a little capillary wick mm. into the hole and let that drape onto the matting below and that'll work as well. Really so is. pretty much everything that'll grow. Yeah. We've run it through its paces, had it through its trials, and it's, yeah, I'm I'm happy as Larry with it.
1: It looks amazing. The, for, we always make an assumption as well that everyone listening knows there's there's the one unique, well, there's more than one, but the, the one standout unique feature that separates Autopop from Every system. Mm. Um, I, I'd like I'd like you to explain it because you'll do it much more succinctly than me. Um, the unique factor of how it's plant led, it, it plant led irrigation. Is plant that what you're Plant driven call it? Plant-driven irrigation. Yeah, or or plant control. PCI. Yeah. I
2: mean, the difference between this and any other system is that valve. It controls the vo- the flow of the water to the plant. So. If you connect the valve to a reservoir, it floods, it allows the tray or the valve allows water to enter into the tray to a preset level of 20 mil, then stops. The valve's designed in such a way that it creates vacuums and surface tensions within it, so that when the water starts getting used by the plants, the level starts to go down and gets to the underside of the valve where it's empty, and then within half an hour to an hour, then it'll replenish the tray again. So it's the only system in the world where the plants are controlling that mechanical part and that mechanical part is then opening and closing in accordance to the plants. So, I mean, there's other systems on the market that use a standard ballcock that you get in toilets and unless you use a timer, you've always got a level of water in there. So plants are always sitting in water. The valve is completely different. It floods and completely drains and floods and completely drains. But it's not just working it's, you know, by itself, it's working in conjunction with the plants. So that's why we always get fantastic growth with all Autopop products because it's the plants that are dictating what they take when they want it.
1: Yeah, and in even the, the, not mechanical, even the uh, systems that run off electricity and the flood and drain systems, they work fantastically, but they are driven by the grower. Mm. And unless you're a phenomenal grower, most people are going to go in and go, right, I'm going to feed that 12, 4, 8 and feed when I want, mm. and it takes a long time for you to tune that, mm. to feed when the plant wants to feed, and then it depends on your environment. This is, like, what I've always loved about this valve is the plant's leading the feeding, yeah. and whether, whether if the environment's low humidity, it allows it to drink more. If it's high humidity, it'll drink less, and it's it sort of, you know, in these controlled rooms yeah. where you're controlling everything, the humidity, <laughs> the temperature, the airflow, the CO2, the one thing that most people aren't controlling is the irrigation. And then, well, they are controlling it, but the are controlling it through their opinions of what a plant yeah, wants. This yeah. is actually giving the plants. what it wants. I've never been a lover of, like, I'll say electrical
0: systems, if it's the right word. Yeah. Like, because you aren't in control now. Once you leave that, your lechie's in control of that. If yeah. something goes wrong with your electricity, then... It's curtains, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's done. It's finished. Yeah. That's. I've never, and you know, I've never been a lover of it. Never. Just. just I, 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 and I've seen good results of it. I have. I've seen good systems, good result, well-built systems. But for me, there's just that
1: factor of I'm not in control. Yeah. And then the only time that I've ever experienced or heard about uh, valves, and this was like four years ago before you, you increased the aperture the size of the, the opening uh, it was through growing negligence and, and not cleaning the system my uh, my favourite story it uh, was from the chilli grower he had I um, think it was 2000 plants in his polytunnel
2: who was that Cliff was that no
1: um, Dean Dean yeah I haven't seen Dean for ages yeah uh, I need to touch base with Dean um, but he had 2000 plants and I said to him how many uh, blockages have you had with the old uh Four mil pipe, was it?
2: It was, um, I think, an OD of six mil and an ID of four mil. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: he said in, in his whole growth cycle, he had two. It was just like out of 2000 plants mm. in a, a poly tunnel.
2: And he's hardly ever there. He was hardly ever there. Oh, you no, know, know, he controls it working, all from his so phone, you know, doesn't he? He's going down maybe a couple of hours of the weekend.
1: Yeah, and that's why I've always uh, loved it. The, and now you've increased, you went to six mil, and now you've got the the blue paper. Which yeah. You? So
2: we went, so originally when I brought also put out, what was it in 2002? Oh, um, the aperture of the valve or the actual hole in the valve, the nozzle was, I think two mil, three mil, maybe. Then we went to, no, then we went to three mil. It was two mil. Then we went to three mil. And then a couple of years back, we went to five mil. So the pipe that's attached to the aqua valve, the inside diameter, actually fits the old pipe inside it. Yeah. So I think it's 6.4, 6.6 and the outside pipe I think is 9.1. So what what it did as well is made the pipe and all the fittings unique to what we changed it to so that no one could go to Netafin or Hoselock or, or anyone and buy pipe uh, you know pipe or fittings off the shelf they had to come to Autopop. Mm. So there was a strategy behind that as well so it was yeah. unique to, us. so we set our own blueprint for pipe work and fittings
1: it's a sensible thing because yeah people have used incorrect fittings in the past Having yeah, the off the yeah, shelf yeah, ones yeah. and it's end up causing leaking yeah. I have I, I've, I've experienced that myself when I uh, when I think it was a system uh, sold by another manufacturer and he was selling the, the six way mm. T's and connectors mm. and they were just I think they just landed in the shop, and they got given to a customer by accident. And it came back It was like, "I just can't stop it leaking." So I said, "Bring you everything back, your piping and everything." And um, I think I actually messaged you saying there's leaking, and you went, "Yeah, it's not an autopot, uh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. thing, valve." And you wouldn't think it makes a mass a difference, but it obviously does. It does. Um, and now you've run organics in this and that now as well, I mean, that's always yeah, been a so thing. Can that you can run organics.
2: I mean, people, you know, will still, you know, if you run any any sort of thick nutrients you know that are quite molasses based you're always going to have problems and when we brought out the aquaval 5 I thought right i'll run it through its paces and there is a recipe to you know if you're using thick organics or if you're you know using organics in general say biobiz for example um and the best way to use them in autopot is put a small water pump not an air stone never put an air stone in an autopot tank um, always, and if you're using organics or thick, gooey nutrients, then um, put a small air, a small pump in there, and every two hours have it come on and oscillate for 15 minutes and just move it around. Clean the filter more regularly. Flush the pipes more regularly. So I grew asparagus peas a while back. It's probably a couple of years back now, and followed those procedures. And you can you can see the information on the catalogue on the homepage. I think it's eight and nine page eight and nine. Um, And as long as you follow those procedures and, you know, if you need to clean out your tank more regularly because organics will go off after a while, they'll, they'll smell like they've gone off, but they haven't gone off. Mm -hmm. They're still, you know, still available to the plant. So if you can get over the smell, then you're fine. Um, As long as you, you know, agitate the water regularly, flush the lines more frequently, clean the filter more regularly, then you're perfectly fine. If you're going to start using organics in really hot climates outdoors in greenhouses, just don't bother Mm. because, Once you start getting into temperatures that Ben at the farm had this year, you know, exceeding 50 degrees in the greenhouse, not many fertilizers are going to like that at all. So, you you know, but most, you know, people are growing in small greenhouses or in, you know, indoor facilities or whatever, then you're perfectly fine.
1: Spot on. I'm uh, going to take this pause as well. So, that if people want to go and check out the systems while we're talking, you go onto the website autopot.co.uk and you also go onto their Instagrams autopot global and autopot cultivation consultancy. So, go and check them out. And you can, if you like to watch or, or look at what we're talking about, then head over there while we're listening.
2: There's the US as well because you have quite a few US yes, we do, So, yeah. there's www.autopot USA.com.
1: Right, we'll put that up on the board for the uh, next season as well. The Americans check that out. <laughs> the, um, your American team has been at MJBiz, haven't they? They have. They, yeah. um,
2: they shared a booth with Montel. Yeah. So they were there all last, was it last week now, is not it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so they. Were, I, I haven't spoke to them to see how it went, but I presume it went quite well. Um, I've heard some horror stories and already. So. Have you? Well, just, it all, well, I, all gets a bit sort of uh, too much for everybody. <laughs> they fly in, don't they? And yeah. then they go out for... Seven days continually, yes. and then try and do a show.
1: No, well, we, we did it. At the, uh we did it. The summer, I say We Barry did it to some social and yeah. he had a great old time on the Friday night. Spent most of Saturday on the bus recording. Yeah, it was and a the, long drive, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and the, yeah, <laughs> I think the it was a a long fair, drive. You, you did tow the um, the rally car there, didn't you? Yeah, it was long winded, wasn't it? And then, and then the bus was getting regassed for air conditioning on the Saturday while oh, we were all actually, in the, in the yeah. show. And he's sat in there sleeping, like sweltering. I carousel. think I needed the aircon to be off though, because I sweated the alarm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that <laughs> was good.
0: I was back up after six o'clock. I, though, know you I know
1: you were. <laughs> oh, I know <asked> you <laughs> it were. It's a
0: good blowout, isn't it?
1: It doesn't get there's there's not a huge amount of sales in the in the hydro industry, but you know what product that I love and when we did uh, the instructional videos, good few years back now, Mm. the the one product I I think I absolutely love more than others is the spider Mm. because like when when I saw you putting it together and saw it being put together properly and the pyramid up to the, the the top and the wicking system pushing down, I just thought what a an amazing system because it's not like I, I always thought oh, the wick uh, will will moisten the soil and then that's how it feeds but actually it's that the roots can wrap themselves mm. around the wick can't they and literally draw the moisture from the wick mm. I thought for, you know for gardeners that's such a I, I just I, th- I hope more than anything that gets out there because that is, is a phenomenal to, product. Because
2: we like, we we have been, I think this is the third year now. We're the um, major sponsor, or the yeah, we are the major sponsor for the National Vegetable Society. Yeah. So there's a lot of National Vegetable Society members and other members that are um, starting to use, you know, the Aqua Boxes now, and because of that video, it's a pretty so we can just direct them to that. They can see how it's set up. They've got customer support if they need that. Well, and also. NVS members obviously speak very closely with each other as well, and they've got Medwin supporting Ian Stocks and and the likes and Gareth Cameron. So there's a lot of support in the industry. Um, And also, hopefully, next year, we're going to start putting into the Royal Horticultural Society as well because um, they are actively looking at environmental systems, watering systems. So ours fits the bill. Medwin used to sit on the board for the fruit and herb um, society down there, and Alistair Griffiths, who's the director of um, plant science um, down there, he uses systems. So, with half a million members, we w- you know want to want to try and get a meeting there, and also they've been invited to come over to the R and D facility to come and have a look there. So, hopefully, in due course, in the next eighteen months, we'll have all the products going into the RHS members as well.
1: Lovely. I'll come back to the R and D facility, um, but on the ecological and the environmental aspect of it. One of the thing and it stuck in my mind, I think it was fifth or sixth podcast. We were at the one of the very first Autopod Summer Socials um, and we did the podcast and we had the B 52 bomber fly over. Like remember like it was yesterday. And then you said that you were through some of the I can't remember which product it was, but if you use this versus traditional hand watering it was going to save, it was it two Olympic-sized swimming pools of That's water? That was the
2: hanging basket, yeah. yeah. So the hanging basket I've designed um, probably in conjunction with the guy. He say, sent me over a concept, so we signed an NDA, and uh, he sent me over a concept. So we've designed this hanging basket, which I like, but I'm designing products at the moment that I know will sell because we've obviously got to look at the manufacturing cost of the tools Weigh it off against how many you'll sell and obviously the cost of the product that it sells at. So the hanging basket design that we have, and I think I put it out on social media probably a couple of years ago, worked really well. But it's the cost of the tools are expensive. The cost of the product is probably going to be quite expensive and are people going to catch on to it at this moment in time? But when we did that um, market research all those years ago, the wasted water that was used in and this is probably going back 10 odd years now so it might be a bit more now so the wasted water that was you or the water that was used for hanging baskets in the spring and summer in the UK the amount that was wasted in hanging baskets would fill up the old Wembley Stadium every week yeah it's a lot of water
0: a lot a lot Man. of water so that's, that's what I love. What that Jason? Just like the runoff from it. That's just, the just the runoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. them, just the runoff. When people soak them, it's just a runoff that comes off. That's what off. they've
2: estimated, you know, or the, the, the you know, the boffins have yeah. recorded, you know, they've done the multiples of baskets that have in pubs, you know, at home residential buildings, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, if you water something through probably 60% of it it's going, is gonna going to fall out the basket yeah. because you obviously want to water it through so that you know, it's watered through yeah. and that's the problem. You know, the amount of water that's we're wasted.
0: stadium every week.
2: Yeah, mm, that's a wow. huge amount of water. Yeah. That's probably wow. more now because, you know, people do more gardening than they did probably 10 years ago. Definitely.
1: Since mm. they were all locked down. Yeah. But not only does it save water, all waterbot systems save water. They mm. only use the water that the plant needs. Mm. It also, it sa- saves on fertiliser as well. Mm. And we'll come to the fertiliser in a minute, but yeah. let's go back to your research and development facility because I know you've been working on that for yeah. the last two or three years, haven't you? We visited... Again, well before COVID, did a little bit of a tour around there. Where were you up to with with the R&D?
2: Well, the R&D so I had a new roof on since you mm-hmm. were last there. So I put on a 35, I had the whole roof changed in both buildings because I own two buildings now. And um, so the R&D roof, I had it all taken off. That was asbestos. It wasn't really bad asbestos, so we didn't have to bag up the building. Um, and had it replaced with 35 mil polycarbonate. The problem that I've got in there now Particularly this year, when it was just ridiculously hot, is the solar gain that I'm getting from the sun, probably from, well, it was May this year through to probably the end of August, September, was just too intense. So I've got a 12 ton air conditioning unit. I've got extraction. I've got fresh air coming in from the ground floor. I've got a misting unit that's pumping out 1,000 PSI pressured mist into there to keep the humidity levels up. And I'm fighting fighting you know the machines are fighting against each other one to keep it cool two to keep it humid and we struggled this year what i what i need to put in there uh i've got two options i'm going to do i'm going to do the latter option which i'll tell you in a set is that i need to put in um, uh, shade automatic shade and actuators on on the vents in the roof the only problem is you start putting actuators in unless you've got it pretty much sealed then you've got pests potentially coming in the other big issue that I've got is electrical costs. So at the moment, until July next year, we are tied into a contract with the electricity company um, at 15p a unit, which is brilliant. That's what we've been paying. July, it goes up to 46p per unit. So on average, throughout the year, I'm probably paying a little bit less in the summer period because it's cheaper to cool and more in the, in the winter period because it's, it's more expensive to heat. So it averages out about... £800 a month to run that facility, which I can live with. With the cost of electric electric prices going up in July, it's going to cost me three grand a month to run it. Yes, there's research and development um, tax relief on it, but do I want to go from paying 12 grand a year to 30, 40 grand a year in growing tomatoes? So... uh, I'm looking. We're we're, myself and Ray. Once we got married next year, we're going to move down (coughs) south, down to um, Somerset, Dorset, because we want some land, and and, you know, I want I want a wall garden and I want a big greenhouse. So what we're thinking of doing is growing in the R and D facility probably from September through to March, maybe April, and then growing in a greenhouse or greenhouses down where where we moved to, probably from say. February through to September, October. So that'll negate the amount of power that we use, obviously, at the R&D facility. Hopefully prices will come down eventually, but that's the issue we're faced with at the moment. And then this year, I, I've always preached to all my staff, never bring a plant into the facility unless you've quarantined it. So I wanted to grow some sage, and I thought, oh, I can't be bothered to germinate the seeds, so I'll just go and buy it. So I went into Waitrose, and I went, oh, there's a plant. I'll buy that, that'll be fine. Didn't think anything of it. Put it straight in the R and D room, put it next to some plants, came back the following day, picked up the plants, pot it up, put it in an auto pot, and just white things flew off. I'm like, no. White fly. Mm-hmm. So I could not get rid of white fly. It is the one pest that I've struggled to control and I could not get rid of it. So made the decision at the beginning of August, get everything out, strip it down, smoke bomb it. And now it's ready to go propagation and then we're gonna go back in and probably run it till probably June. Well, we'll see what the weather's like next year. All depends on the weather. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's becoming obviously I want it because we get clients coming from overseas, you know, to you know, to for potential distribution and stuff like that. But the issue is, you know, it's the cost. You know, do I wanna grow tomatoes that potentially per tomatoes costing me 10 quid to grow? You know, the, the, so you how know. much
1: was that tomato soup that you made? How much of that us now?
2: You won't get that at Claridges, <laughs> <laughs> like Mitchell's exactly, quality yeah. soup. Well, it was all right then, but yeah. it's going to go up in price. You have to charge people the going through the door. Yeah, yeah no. that was good stuff. So yeah, there's 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 issues. I mean, we're just because the government also has just obviously had um, a budget the other day, and we're looking at the budget regarding R and D tax relief. And they've just reduced that dramatically as well. So we need our accountant to have a look at, you know, the pros and cons of what we're doing at the moment to try and make things efficient. Because we've we've done all right over this year, actually. Um, it's quite surprising. Um, you know, we've been very lean with, you know, and, and cut things back and been sensible. And obviously, you know, boxes and marketing and, and just been very sensible. Obviously, everybody in 2020, 2021 made hay while the sun shone and thought it was going to carry on, Mm -hmm. and it didn't. It fell off a cliff. Mm -hmm. Um, Fortunately, you know, well, it was just hook or by crook, but I um, had the foresight to start looking at this new box design, the garden centre stuff and various other, you know, consumables so that people buy stuff again and again and again. And that's what we've done. So, you know, we've obviously got the flexi tank, we've got the autopot range, we've, we'll talk about the CO2 um, buckets, the source fertilizer, and obviously the routine gels as well. So, we're looking at consumables that we can slot into markets and just keep things ticking and over in, in the background.
1: So, tell us about the source, another lovely, beautifully
2: mm. designed bottle. Yeah, so the Josh, it was Quite funny, actually, because. Um, Dave Gulliver, (laughs) before he left and went to go work for Mills, Um, I said to him, "What was it? The beginning of January this year, or probably before?" I want to do a, you know, a sort of an indoor horticultural um, fertilizer, and because for twenty years I've been telling everybody to use canner or use this or three part, you know, and blah blah blah. So I thought, hold on a sec. You know, the way things are going, um, and this is prior, bef- you know, before I, before it really started rolling in, you know, the, the decimation of what's going on. Um, so prior to sort of a couple of years back, we'd started working with Eve and we started working with the universities in the UK to look at a suitable fertiliser that was as clean as possible and also very productive, but also very cost effective um, for autopot. So played around in the R&D room for 18 months, two years. University Warwick did that, what they were doing and then coming up with what we've come up with now. So I tasked Dave with coming up with the name and Dave came up with the name The Source, which is brilliant. Then I said, right, I want a name for each product for the boost, for the cow mag. So we've come up for names for that. He came up with all those. Then he ended his noticing, <laughs> 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 which is what it is. And, um, and then Josh has obviously been tasked with Luke. Um, to, Josh came up with the logo. And then obviously we've rolled out the concepts <clears throat> and we're starting to gradually roll it out and moving it into the UK and the rest of the world as well. Mm. You know, we're forever asked. By every man and his dog, what's the best fertilizer to use with Autopot? So instead of putting money into other companies' pockets, it makes now, sense, doesn't it? To have absolutely. Your own? You know, so, you know, to all the Autopot users out there, you know, if you're in, obviously we've got to try and get registration in various countries like Canada and the US, but the UK and Europe, we're fine at the moment. So, you know, anyone who, who uses autopot in those countries, you know, we're hap- we can happily supply it to the, you know, the stores or the distributors in those countries, which yeah. we are doing bit by bit.
1: What I will say about the, because um, it's, it, nutrients are difficult, aren't they? Because every man and his mm. dog does nutrient, but the one sort of thing that shines out for me, uh, other than you've made, and I know it'll, it'll work really well, mm. is that, in pot, you're going to be exclusively using the yeah. source nutrients when you're growing products. So if you're using pots and you're using the source and you come under any sort of potential issues, you will be in a much better position to Absolutely. identify um, and resolve any issues.
2: Absolutely. And we've tried to make it as you know as easy to use as possible. we changed the feed charts so that they are dedicated to certain types of plants. Um, and also we've tried to stress in the instructions – not to use other brands from other companies because then you haven't got that equilibrium or that equal balance that's been created with that range and i see it so many times where people think if they throw more at it better things will happen yeah we we we
0: get that a lot in the shop though don't we 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 figure out that people are putting two different brands of pk Mm. in at the same time and it's like what are you doing come on
2: And it happens all the time. So you know, to just we're just trying to make it. You know, the Autopot's got a huge following globally. Uh, we've been around for a while. Um, you know, we probably sold probably three, four, five million aquavals and various systems associated with it. So, for people to use something that's recommended and designed, you know, in, you know even though the source is a separate company, it's backed by me. Mm. Uh, You know, it's been designed by you know with me beside it. So Autopot, I mean, the source is a separate company. The source sells to Autopot, and then Autopot sells the source in the UK, and then the source sells the source outside the UK. (laughs) (laughs) If you you follow, if you can keep up with there. So yeah, it's you know, it's just it's it makes perfect sense. You know, after twenty years of promoting everybody else and everybody else making a fortune off the back of Autopot, which they Mm. have done. It made sense, but I didn't want to run into it and just create, you know, something. So we've got an A and a B grow, an A and B flower, and then it's biostimulants that are tailored to AutoPot, but not just to AutoPot. You could take that fertilizer and use it in any other system and make Mm. have good results, but obviously we've tailored it for AutoPot, and we have stressed in all the instructions, just don't use, you know, you start using a PK or you start using the formulas that are designed by the source and then you have a pk or a booster from another company if people think about it logically other companies are never going to test other brands with their products mm. because they want you to use their brands their you know their formulas their full range of course they do because they've tested them together yeah. when people start using things from other brands and they start having you know difficulties it's probably because there's not a happy yin and yang going on with you know with the fertilizers that have been used from one company to another so really, it makes sense to, you know, use a complete range from, a, you know, a recognised company that says this is what we recommend to use with our system. You know, yeah. It just it makes sense from my point I of view. I love
1: bringing out, um, I don't think anybody probably does Google it or look it up, but Mulder's chart, the, the scientific reason for wanting to use a homogenous all-in-one nutrient that's been designed to be used together, um, you put a little bit of extra splash of PK, just look up Mulder's chart and you can see the antagonistic and um, I can't remember the other word now. Antagonistic. What's the opposite of antagonistic? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. You look at the chart and you've got the arrows going backwards and forwards um, and you can see if you add a little bit too much P or K, it'll block calcium and magnesium mm. and you start adding, doing your... You're going to a world of problems mm. for yourself. Yeah, Am I right
0: in saying though as well that uh, D- these ranges of nutrients who, who have got their own medias only tested on their own medias. Of course they do. So, like, can it? Yeah. What would can it be like going into a gold label or going into a mm. a, a different range of tami or obviously, something like obviously that? Kindly tailored to their own mm. specific. Yeah, so, are they coming out with a proper media then? No. no you're not, no, no. not going to do
2: it? That's designed for all types of media and all types of water. Is it? Yeah. So it it's perfect. I mean, I've I've tried it with 100% perlite, cocoa mixed with perlite yeah. soil. You know, so you've, you've tested it on absolutely. sort of everyone else's tried, brand. I've Tried it with everything. But I am
0: right in saying though that mm. Canada would only test on Canada yeah, yeah, yeah. media, mm, yeah. and Gold mm. Label would only test on Gold Labels media. Yeah, yeah. So would there be a problem? Do you think if Gold Label went into Canada and Canada went into Gold Label, there'd be much because it'd be the much, pe- time
1: yeah, But it, the um, like I give you an, an example: Canada's. Uh, a bit different because you do such a range of, of media, but they they'll tell you if you read and go on their website, they'll tell you what to do if you use kind of natural because it's unbuffered. You should really wash it through with calcium. Yeah. Their feed is designed to be used with kind of professional or terra professional, yeah, yeah. so that they've got they know how much calcium has been added yeah, to the media, yeah, yeah. and then you know what's in the nutrients. You use all together mm. harmony. It's the same with like what I was just saying about the sauce and using it in auto pots when something's been designed with a system in mind and and with the feed, any problems, you're going to resolve very quickly. Mm. If you go to, if you get in touch with Jason and go, I'm using Nutrient X with this substrate in your system, you'll figure it out. Mm. But, it's not going to be instant. It's not as easy, no. You
2: know, and most people over, overcook things most of the time. They don't think about things logically. I mean, you know, people putting small plants under in 600 watt lights, you Mm. know, wondering why they're shriveling up and not doing very well when they've taken from a lovely, you know, environment in a propagation bay. Um, but one thing I would say about the source that's different to all the other ones that's out there is that you, the way that we advise to use it is you put the A and B growing or the A and B flower, depending where you're at in the stage with your plants, and select the EC level that you want, you know, that is typical for your plants where they're at, the stage of growth that they're at, and then you add the biostimulants. And what you'll find is that once you set, you put your A and B either grow or flower, you will have your desired EC level. With ours, once you put the biostimulants in there, whether it's the boost, the calcium, magnesium, um, what is it, the, the origin for the for the roots, that EC, that EC will increase. So let's say you set your EC with your A and B to 1.8, you'll probably find, depending on what, what where the type of water you're in, it'll rise anywhere between 0.2 to 0.5. So if you set it a worst case scenario at 1.8, you might find that it's risen to 2.3. It's a ghost EC, so there's no. We've, and we stressed it in the instructions: is that don't be concerned. Always set your EC with your NPK A and B grow or flower, and then put your biostimulants. Yeah. And it's been trialed and tested by other people in this country, and they, are, yeah, they're saying, "Yep, yeah, we are setting our EC with the A and B. We are seeing an increase a ghost EC level, but it's not affecting the plants yeah. at all. We've
0: had this conversation before you about love that this topic. Don't oh, yeah. I love that topic because no one can mm-hmm. ever give me. The answer that you've just given is mm. the answer that mm. I, that's, that's the rule that I work mm. to. But then you speak to other people and you've got mm. like yeah, they, they, they they've got there. like they'll, on they'll all, put the A and B right back down in full flower right back down to one and a half mil mm. per litre mm. to put the boost in the PK in. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. is that, you is shouldn't that do right? That. No, you should. Is that do right? That. No. Because no. I don't do that. As soon as I've EC'd my A and B, I just hang the EC stick back up. <laughs> and I couldn't tell you what it goes to. Yeah.
1: But I put everything else in because I think and it, way works. It, is. And it works, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I think that's the straightest answer we've ever had, isn't it? now. i now. made up. He's <laughs> that mm-hmm. question to but You
2: know, because if you think you, you, your A and B grow or your A and B flower are your MPK, and it's the MPK that's being picked up by your Blue Lab truncheon or your yeah. truncheon, whatever you're using. Once you add, in our case, biostimulants, because they are quite organic in nature... And there are certain elements in there, like calcium. Obviously, you're going to get, but it's not an MPK value. It, it is classified as a ghost value. Mm-hmm. So you know, you set, you know, you, you set your EC with your A and your B's, and then you add the other bits and pieces in, and that will artificially yeah. increase your EC. But it's not, you know, you're not, you're not having an EC, of a, a, a real EC of two point three. Yeah. Your real EC is one point eight. And your biostimulants that you're adding in are the ghost yeah. value. Yeah. So you know, it's just it's just trying to get it across a different way of thinking, and you know, and the quantities that you have to put in with the source, you know, per liter or per ten liters, you know, you're getting serious value for your buck. You really are. And what we've done as well, we've looked at, obviously, looked at short-term flowering plants. That's the way I, I call them, and then herbs, and then tomatoes and, and greenhouse crops. And obviously with short-term flowering plants, you, you know, a lot of people like to flush. You can't flush a plant. And I've stressed this in the instructions, you know, plant, the plant's been absorbing nutrients for the whole time you've been feeding it. What you're trying to do at the end is cleanse a plant. So you're trying to diminish or reduce the amount of elements that are in that structure or that, you know, whatever that flower as much as possible. So it's as clean as possible. So what we do with the source fertilizer, you feed it with your A and your B and you put your biostimulants in. And then before you get towards the end of it, you start to drop, I think probably three weeks into it before you're, four weeks before you're ready to to cut everything down. You lose the A and B and you just for another week put your biostimulants in And then you just go on water because I did a trial a while ago uh, with tomatoes, with AutoPot. And because of the way AutoPot's bottom-fed, not top-fed, run to waste, so you're not flushing through all the time, you'd be surprised how much an AutoPot 15-litre pot, 25-litre pot, stores Mm fertiliser. So by dropping the Mm fertiliser, let's say, on week five, for example, week six, depending on the length of your flowering plant, you still got a lot stored up in that plant that that plant will tap into. So you you cut out the A and the B at a certain stage, just follow the charts appropriate to the the type of plant that you're growing. And then you just give the biostimulants and you know there's still biostimulants available in there. And then the plant will naturally take what's in that pot over that period of time when you're just giving water. So you're not flushing you're actually cleansing the plant. Mm. I mean, I did a, did another trial side by side where we grew tomatoes and we were feeding them very heavily, probably EC 3.2, 3.6, because we can, because uh, we've got a controlled environment, um, and then dropping it so there's no water for three weeks and the plants didn't lose any colour. The only time that we lost colour in a plant, if we, take one, we took one plant out of that run... And flush that probably with ten liters of water, so that that whole medium in that pot was just flushed. There was nothing left yeah, in it. Yeah. So that is a flushing technique that you could use. But if you've got hundreds of plants, it's not practical. But just to prove a point, how much is stored in an auto pot pot because of the way it works? It's quite surprising. So you can get away with feed, feeding your plants water, which a lot of people want to do um, towards the end of their crop, just to give a, a nicer a nicer crop. Um, and just and just provide water and and um, and then just let the plant naturally cleanse itself during that period of time. I mean, people in autopot, I mean, I tell I tell them anywhere between two to three weeks of just water at the end. Which, if you look at about it logically, if you're growing in the growth stage, however long people grow, and you flower for a flowering stage, and then you drop the A and B flower at a certain stage, say five week uh, week five week six. You give one more week of biostimulants and three weeks of water, you're not using a great deal of fertiliser. So with the quantity that you're putting in and the way that the regime is set up, (laughs) it's cost effective for the end user, you know, to use that product, the source fertiliser with AutoPot hand in hand.
1: Yeah, works perfectly. Mm. Nice synergy. Yeah. Two more things before we get on to some uh, juicy stuff. Mm. Uh, The CO2 bucket and your cloning gel.
2: Yeah, so CO2 bucket. So once again, I teamed up with um, Evaponic. I get on with the guys there, and obviously they've helped develop the source. So the CO2 bucket, um, Jamie rang me up. This was probably this time last year, actually. So I've got this great thing, and I was sort of half listening, half not. Um, And... Then about a couple of months later he he said, oh, I'm gonna send you one down. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. So he sent one down and it was sitting, but he sent it to Dan Dazzini, and the box was sitting down in the warehouse for a couple of days. And I rang up Dan and I said, Oh, Dan, you've got a box here from Eva Ponnet. He goes, Oh, it's not for me. They've just got my name on the database, but it's for you. So I've opened up the box and went, Hmm, what's this then? This is this CO two bucket. And I, you know, it's not very often these days that, you know, you're surprised by products that work well. Because that, you know, you've got CO2 bags, which I think, in all honesty, have been a bit of a, people have been hoodwinked a little bit because unless you go in your growing area every 20 minutes and squeeze that bag, it's just passively coming out a little bit here and there. And obviously you've got people with extraction on continually that's sucking it out. So the amount of CO2 that the bags make readily available to the plants I think is very negligible. And people are starting to find out. So the next thing you've got is the canisters, which are get more expensive and the big things to ship around. So this bucket came down to me and I rang up Jamie. I said, what's this then? He said, well, do this, do this and try this. I went, okay. So I, I've got um, a quite a professional CO2 monitor and does dew point and does humidity and temperature um, from Rotronic. So I put a pump on it and it was a 10 litre and I got the pipe, uh, the top upper pipe. So the the bottom bottom pipe's connected to the small little tiny pump. Maximum um, litres per minute is anywhere between 1.3 and 1.5. You don't need a bigger pump. just blow the shit out of it. It's not necessary. And then the upper pipe you put into the back of an oscillating fan if you can. And it just obviously blows the CO2 in there. So I put my CO2 monitor next to the upper pipe and within... 20 seconds, it went to 10,000 parts per million. I was like, whoa, this can't be right. So then we got one of Jonathan Budbox tents. Um, and the 5-litre is designed for a 1.2 to try and, you know, get CO2 levels up to anywhere. We pretty much guarantee 800 parts per million, but I've, I've tried it and I've taken up to 1,100 parts per million. Um, so we put it in a grow tent, put it on, tested it, and I was like, wow, these actually work. And what's in the bucket is a combination of manure and pumice stone and bacterias and and um, food feed pellets from, you know, it's just a weird combination. You know, I don't know what's in there. And obviously the guy who designs it for us won't let us know, which is fine. So Jamie, Eva Ponick and I have got the exclusive for it globally. Um, we do a five litre bucket, um, which is for a 1.2 tent and a 10-litre bucket that is for a 2.410. You can put more in there. So you could have – the way that I would recommend – because people are starting to jump on these, and um, we're doing really well with them. It's totally organic. Pretty much last six months. Once it's finished, you can empty that contents onto your, your garden or, you know, your, your, your flower beds and turn it into the garden. It's totally organic, so it'll be good for the garden. And then you just put, we've got um, refills now that you can put in there. The way I recommend using it, because most people have fans these days sucking stuff out. So I would have it sitting on the floor and I would have a small oscillating fan that just where the pipe goes into the back of it so it can blow it underneath the plants. When people say CO2 is heavier, yes, it is, but it's not like lead. When CO2 gets warmer, it rises just like air. So it'll start rising up through the under the canopy. If you go into any commercial facilities, tomatoes, cucumbers, bell peppers, you know, that I've done in the years, over the years, they have tubes that are all next to the plants on the floor. They're not up in the roof. They're mm. all on the floor because heat gets warmer, CO2 gets warmer, and it rises. Yeah. And if your extraction's
0: at the top of your time, exactly. mainly you want everything to come from the floor up, don't you?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, people saying that they should put, because CO2 is heavier, it'll sink, that's a fallacy. It's rubbish. So these buckets can be sat on the floor. They operate ideally at 22, you know, perfect for them is 22 degrees. If you're storing them, store them at 15 degrees. Um, and the best way to use them is ha- pulse them. Because if you run it continuously, there's going to be little, it'll fire out high concentrations of CO2 for the first 10, 15 minutes. And then it will just be lower levels of CO2. So, if people, you know, if people's fans are on continually or they time their fans, you have it come on when the lights come on and you have it on for maybe five, 10 minutes maximum, then off for an hour. And we've I've tested it and that'll give enough time for the bacteria at that 22 degrees to, build to generate more methane CO2 and then it comes back on again and then it fires out high levels of CO2. Reports mm-hmm. were seeing plant people who've used bags, um, and not use bags is there's a dramatic difference because you've got the CO2 seriously being injected in there and then rising up through the canopy. You could, if you wanted to, have two in there. You'd have one come on at twelve o'clock, five mm. ten minutes, wouldn't come back on till gone one o'clock, but then the other one would come on at half twelve. Yeah, so you could so have you, them staggered. So you could have them staggered. So one yeah. one comes on every half an hour for five to ten minutes, and you can really maintain the levels. And it's cheap. You know, if you think about it, I mean retail, I think the the five litre is seventy-five quid and the ten litre I think is hundred and ten quid, but they last six months. Yeah, yeah. So do the maths on it and you've got a cart, you haven't got a cart many of them around. They're totally reusable. The pump's not really gonna burn out because you've only got a got, got it, you know, a little tiny pump. It's just pressurizing that bucket and pushing the CO two out of that little pipe that's then being oscillated behind the back of a fan. And they do work a treat and they do maintain levels. I mean, we're still testing CO two buckets that we had on test in April, and they're still kicking out high levels of CO two. So yeah, they are yeah, they're yeah, they I like are the good. sound of them. they are the best. I've never, the bags, the... Be no. I've never been convinced by no. the bags, to be fair. I've never been convinced
0: by the bugs. I've always said that I've never
2: Well I think
0: maybe in a 60 B 60
2: propagation
0: got a, tent where you've got a couple of one litre pots just to give them the best mm. start of life is have the bag in there yeah great but you go putting two of them bags in a 2.4 mm. by 2.4 tent I can't see that no. making a but blind they, they, bit of they don't I
2: know they don't and it's like um,
0: you say the expense that's in them as well even yeah. the bottles are slightly dearer at the same price mm. No, the bottles the only are last, pounds, but the, the the last, last weeks two weeks yeah. three weeks. it's a lot of money well, especially <sighs> if you're working out it's 30 pound a bottle so six weeks of that is 90 pounds. Yeah. You may as well buy one of them for Absolutely. 110 pounds. It's going to last you six months.
2: You're controlling it as yeah. well because plants don't really want CO2 when they're in the dark and, you know, when yeah, it's nighttime. Yeah, yeah. They want to have oxygen and then they want higher levels of CO2 when the lights come on. So you can control that by plugging yeah. that pump into your timer. Yeah.
0: yeah, you'd just have that in a plug and grow yeah. timer, wouldn't you? So it Absolutely. comes on 15 minute segments ta- every hour. I think
1: the timing there is, is, is a great joke. Most people will just whack them on and not allowed that CO2 mm. to build back up. So yeah. having that on our time was was a great top tip. I yeah, like yeah, that.
2: no, it is. And, you know, they, they do work a treat. You know, we, we, we've we seen people use them. We've had reports back from them. And what we did to prove a point in the industry, we found a cost-effective detector, um, which we managed to get from from China um, that are actually pretty decent for the, for the money that they are, so that the shops could test the CO2 buckets against the bags. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when, you know, I know the bags don't work properly. I know it's a bit of a gimmick. And unless you squeeze those bags, you're not going to get high levels. You yeah. see most people hang their bags above, above the, plants, the plants anyway. Yeah. And, so, and if they squeeze in the CO2 is going to suck it yeah. straight out and the plant's not available to the plant because it, it wants to rise up into the canopy and up and out. That's what CO2 wants to do. Yes, it's heavier than air, but it's not lead. Yeah. And as it gets warmer, it will start to rise and go up yeah. through the canopy. Uh, and we've put the detectors in the shops and shown them what, you know, the CO2 buckets kick out, and then they've taken it upon themselves to put them next to the bags, and it's a an, it, you know it's a no brainer to be honest with Us. you. Yeah. So
1: the um if a shop wants to get the CO two buckets to get them direct from Autopot? yeah,
2: they get them from Autopot, or they can get them from Evaponic. Yeah. yeah. I mean we're the we're the main guys um who are uh, distrib- distributing. I'm, if they want to get them outside the UK, Autopots the only company they can get them from. Yeah. So that's globally. Um and yeah we we we're, we're about to change in due course because they come pre activated. Um, so we've had spills in the summer and they smell and it's just mm-hmm. like, and then obviously I don't want to have stuff hanging around and then being shipped to Australia and in containers yeah. really hot. So we sat down with the with the, with the, uh, the guy guys designed the concept and said, look, I ideally would like this in a pre-vac bag. Where it's six months at the end user. Yeah, so it's six months. Yeah. So the, the end user can activate it themselves. So obviously my concern was how long does it last in the bag? And his reply was, 5,000 years. I was like, okay, that'll, that'll do. It. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> so do it. you literally, in due course, you will start getting a dry mix in, in bags, in the buckets, that you'll then literally just follow the instructions. You'll open the bag up, drop it in the bucket, pour your hot water, not boiling water, but hot water into, if it's a five litre, I think it's one and a half, 1.2 litres. If it's a 10 litre, it's 2.5 litres of hot water. Leave it for 24 hours. You've got six months.
0: Yeah. Nice. And, and that's yeah. not something that you'd have to shake up or mix up, not no. just leave then. You just leave it. That can just sit in the same Absolutely. spot. Absolutely. Yeah. Is, just, the, is yeah. the bucket okay being in the tent?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah they're food, great buckets. Yeah. Yeah. They're perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with them being in the tent at all. Yeah. 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 I'm excited yeah. about that. I, it's I like always that. Been I like,
1: I like the, that. The num- one of the top 10 questions we get in the shop is I'm not in a closed room system, but I really want to put CO2 in. Yeah. So you, if you're not in a closed room system. You talk
0: people out of them bags. Mm. I talk people out to them, I do. Yeah, Just you, because I know myself personally looking at it, I can just see it's like...
2: Mm,
0: it's a gimmick. I've the, the, always looked and thought, it'd probably be all right in the 60 be 60 tent. Yeah, little Walking temp a little two LED two and one one two just two to get your babies tents. up and going and give them the best start of life. Yeah, put one of them bags in there. If you're going
2: and squeeze it on a regular basis, you are, but you yeah. really want the bag on the floor. So then the situation. That's CO2 like the bottle. Co- all
0: the bottle's the same. You've got to go in and yeah. shake that, haven't you? Yeah. And then you're hearing hissing, but then it slows down mm. instantly. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You
2: know, if you look, if you know, if commercial growers of tomatoes and cucumbers put all their CO2 tubing on the floor, they do that for a reason. Yeah. One, because they've been in business for 40, 50, 60, yeah. or X amount of generations. And they know what they're talking about. If you've got extraction, you know, heat rises, CO2 will get warmer and it will rise. So if CO2 comes out of a bucket and the bucket's hanging up in the top of the growing area and the fan's up there, it's it's not going to benefit the the plants. So, you know, 99 times out of 100, I think people who use the bags, they hang them up above their... Well, it's not beneficial at all. It's just going to get sucked out. They'd have more benefit if they put the bags below the plants but then you've got to squeeze the bag on a regular basis because yeah. it's only passively coming out yeah. I
0: like the way the bags are sized as well so like you said before like a 5 litre does a 1.2 by 1.2 mm. and a 10 litre does a 2.4 mm. by 1.2 yeah that's right so yeah. you can gauge that if you're in a 2.4 by 2.4 you need two 10 litre buckets yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, and do it'll be better, it really better well. because yeah. you'd have them staggered anyway yeah, different sides them of the room yeah. you've
2: got full control of your CO2 yeah. distribution then mm. you know by using these you know you you haven't got a cart, you know. Haven't got to cart big, heavy bottles yeah. around. It's an easy and product, isn't it? With easy it instructions yeah. to yeah. use, you can't go wrong yeah. with that kind. Of and it's reusable, you know. You know, you've got six. Well, as soon as you pour that in the bucket and activate it, you've, you've got, got six, six months, months. And it's fully compostable. Yeah. You know, you just put it in your mum's garden, your own garden, just till it into the ground. You know, and it's good for all the all the stuff that's in there is beneficial for plants.
1: Yeah, I like that product. I do. I like it. Yeah, we'll be putting an order in for them. Mm. Yeah. Solves a problem, doesn't it? That that's the thing. Yeah, yeah that's one there. Yeah. One there, yeah.
2: I'll leave you that one there so you can have a play well, thank you the Routing um... Routing so hormone. rapid Routes yeah so once again with Eva Ponick, Um so Jamie sent me a couple to, to basically we're looking for obviously stuff that's consumable so we've gone for the source because obviously if people buy auto Part, it lasts their lifetime yeah so we're looking for stuff that you know the people are going to buy again and again and again and be happy with it and unique products so obviously there's a source Then there's the CO2 buckets. And just recently, obviously, there's the Rapid Roots. So the Rapid Roots is 100% uh, organic. So we've tested it against the leading other gels and the leading other powders, and it's equal or better. And the results we're getting back from all the bottles we've handed out are confirming that. Where we're going to start making a difference is because... Certain brands are now being limited to, you know, distribution and size of bottles Mm -hmm. because the synthetic. Yeah, because it's a hormone, isn't it? Yeah, the synthetic, whereas everything that's in the Rapid Roots rooting gel, it's all derived from seaweed. So it's the bladderwax seaweed, I think, or something like that. No, No, I didn't know there was that many different seaweeds, you know. It sounds like someone tells me a different one every time, and I go... Seaweeds, is there? Yeah. So there's hundreds of different types of seaweed all around the world in different types of seas. So this is a specific type of seaweed that is harvested at a specific time of the year. And I think, <laughs> if I think I'm think i correct in saying that it's harvested when the sea – it, it grows on, on, on the seashore, you know, just within the sea, yeah. but just on the seashore. So you can imagine the type of aggression of the waves that are on there. So this is a very strong plant. That has to, you know, produce to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they harvest this seaweed and then obviously extract whatever they want out of it, and then bottle it and put it in the Rapid Brutes bottle. Um, there's nothing added to it. It's just literally what comes out of the seaweed. And obviously they've they've designed it and composed it so it will, you know it'll last. And we put it in a nice, cute little dispenser. So with lots of other gels, and I see it time and time again, people will take a cutting. And they will put that cutting straight yeah. into that, and they contaminated yeah. it straight yeah. away. Whereas this has got a dispenser, so you so that you do it. We do it in um, two hundred, oh, sorry, a fifty mil dispenser and a two hundred mil dispenser. Whereas the other um, leading um, uh, routine gel, I think they're restricted to a fifty mil yeah, now, just a fifty mil um, because of you know the the, the, the issues with the product that, or the contents that's in it. I mean, it's a very good gel, and it has been for years. But we want to capitalise on the restrictions that they have. So by having an organic rooting gel that people are saying, you know, we can say, oh, it's as good as, you know, the, the the other leading powders, the other leading gels, have a go. So they are having a go and they are coming back and going, you're right. So that's good enough for me. So the idea is for us is to start positioning, you know, the, another consumable, the 50 mil and the 200 mil rapid roots, into the UK, into Europe, and obviously into all the commercial facilities that are not allowed to use synthetic rooting gels in yeah. their facilities in Canada and also in um, in America. So we should, you know, in due course, we've done the trials over the last six months and it's still being trialled at the moment. Everything's positive. We had no bad press at all. Um, and, yeah, and no, I think it will become within the next sort of two, three years, one of the leading organic gels. And also it's very um, user-friendly because you just have a dispenser and you just press it, a one mil comes out. So you can just dispense into a little cup or a little little measuring cup, you know, four or five, Mm -hmm. six, seven mil, and you put that to one side. As long as you keep it in a cool place, not in direct sun, it's going to last a couple of years. Yeah. So, you know, whereas, you know, people inadvertently put a cutting straight into, and it's finished. you know, into a synthetic yeah. gel and then, you know, it contaminates it.
0: It's not that, like the sound of the 250s because we get people in the shop all the time who buy three and four bottles at yeah. a go. Yeah. And it's like, Yeah, wow. yeah,
2: yeah. So, you know, and, and other other routing companies, the gel companies, they're restricted at 50ml bottle and that's yeah. it. Whereas we could do IBCs if you wanted to, you know, so yeah. we've got the 50 and the 200. So it just makes it easier, and it's just easy for people. It's nice and clean. Yeah. And then also, you know, once you've if you've got a little bit of excess in the cup, then you can just put that in your tank. You know, you can yeah. just mix yeah, that in yeah, your yeah. tank. You don't have to throw it away. You just mix it in your tank. What other people would generally do is they would put their, you know, dispense it from, you know, another leading brand, pour it in the cup, put the cup, in, and then pour it back in, and you have yeah. contaminated it again. So it doesn't allow people to contaminate yeah. what's in that canister because there's no access. In that canister because it's just dispensed by a presser.
0: Yeah. Apparently them the other ones are bad though, aren't they? As well for you to be get them on your skin and that apparently there's some of them are if bad. If you, well that's why that, that's why there's in restrictions
2: eye. in the EU and the restrictions mm. around the world because of, you know, because of the the, the synthetics that are in mm. them. Whereas the like I said, this is 100 percent organic, so we've got no restrictions whatsoever. Mm. You know, there's yes. always been issues, can organics, organic routine gels be equivalent to synthetic routine gels and up until now the answer was no, but now we've proven proven a point that they can.
1: Nice. Like Obviously that. available from we will be taking pictures of the sort of retail on well. prices on them. Um, I think the retail out,
2: yeah. price on the two fifty oh sorry on the um I think the retail price on the fifty mil I think is twelve quid. Uh, I think the buy, oh, now you, you know the buy price, I'll tell you that off, off camera, <laughs> off camera and off air. Um, and I th- I think, I can't remember how much the 200 mil is, but it, there's good value for yeah. everybody. You know, there's really, I can't remember, but I mean, we can, Nick can let you know anyway, what the prices are.
1: That's Spot on. I'll be putting all pictures up of these products as well on the podcast at NPK uh, podcast, so you can check all them out as well. Right. We, um we're not going to spend forever because I just wanted to pick your brains on these uh, these little few subjects to, mm. to wrap up the podcast with um I just wanted to say this is our first opportunity as well to say that it's uh, about nutriculture culture and what's happened there very sad uh, a representation of what's happening in, around the world and in in all industries and obviously specifically <clears throat> this industry um so very sad to see that going on. Uh, a, a a a granddad company, if if that makes sense. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that you know they were going. What's it? Forty six years, I think they were going. how long they've been going. Mm. I know they all wanted a very fair way. Yeah, they? well, they were. I mean, John wow. formed it and Mary formed it. Forty, I think it's 46 years ago. Didn't he um, used to work out of his house? I think so. I mean, point. we all did. I did. Yeah. You know, it's the same with me. I used to work out of my house when I first started. <laughs> I think. With culture. I mean, oh, from my point of view, I got stung by a little bit of money. They owe me some money, so it's it's a little double-edged sword for me. But, yes, it is sad, and I, I can imagine Grant, John's um, turning over in his grave. But um, I think the company was, wasn't very well run in the mid-2000s by one particular person, and I won't name his name. He probably knows who he is anyway. And then it was passed on to Paul and his team to try and sort it all out. And it was very difficult because I think, obviously, Nutriculture lost brands. Um, they lost a little bit of confidence, I think, in the market within the UK, maybe not locally, yeah. within within the Liverpool um, and Lancashire area. Um, and obviously, you know, you had people who were horrified with what Hydrogarden did in the past and then... And then I think it sort of escalated a little bit to nutriculture. And I just don't think they moved with the times fast enough. I mean, they brought product design, I don't think was their strong point. And, you know, they did well in little areas, but they just didn't manage to capitalise on it. And unfortunately, you know, if you're if you're turning over 17, 18 million, you know, in two thousand and nineteen and making a net loss of four hundred thousand, you're on a slippery slope. And I just think in the mid-2000s, from 2010 to 2018, it was badly run. And there's one particular person in my point of view who's responsible for that. Um, and, and then, you know, Paul and everybody else were, were you know, were, were passed on this atomic baton to try and fix what was, you know, which was, you know, unfortunately a sinking ship. Just um, too far gone. Too far gone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I do feel sad, but obviously I feel a little bit annoyed that they knocked me for, you know, quite a bit of cash. Um, and it is what it is. Um, but, you know, that's the way it is. It just makes you a little bit more hesitant on giving anyone credit moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you've got to be very, very careful. And at the end of the day, I'm a big believer you don't go into a newsagent and pay for your paper tomorrow. So I'm I've always been quite restrictive on credit mm. because one because I've got auto parts unique someone can't just go and buy it from someone else yeah. down the road they have to come and buy it from us or a distributor. So yeah no I do I do sympathize with you know the guys who tried to pick up the pieces in sort of 18 17 18 um 2017 18 um, with the mess that was left um, and the and the way that the, the the staff, I think, well, from what I hear, were treated. So, you know, in my view, there's only one person I think is to blame for that. And um, he obviously knows who they are, but he will never take responsibility for it. And I think that was the beginning of the end for them, if, in all yeah. honesty. Um, yeah, and it is quite sad because I think, They borrowed a lot. They hemorrhaged a lot of, you know, assets against keeping nutriculture. And I think, you know, from what I'm hearing, a lot of it's gone. Yeah. You know, completely gone by the wayside now, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. And there's obviously people swimming around now, like vultures, you know, wanting to pick the bones of the carcass. And there always is. That's business for you. Yeah. You know, see if there's anything beneficial. But, you know, it's it's not just nutriculture. There's a lot of other companies struggling out there. You know, I think everyone, no.
0: when you were saying about like credit and that, I think everyone sort of realised that having about credit and pro forma has become a big thing now, hasn't mm-hmm. it? When it went, it was always
2: yeah.
0: credit off the suppliers and stuff, yeah. wasn't it? And yeah. kept things. there was a bit of grace along. where Absolutely. I think a lot of people now
2: is, Panicked. is mm. just,
0: everyone's pro form and I can understand it
2: because
0: yeah. it, it's your safety net, not no one else's, mm-hmm. it's your For safety sure. net.
2: You no, know, if your business goes under, yeah. you know, well, let's put it this way. you can't, I won't, I'm sure no one will see in this industry, everyone clubbing together to give a load of money to help Nutriculture. That's, you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, the sad thing that did make me a little bit sad is that certain stores were holding back on paying Nutriculture were quite happy once it happened because then they'd thought they didn't have to pay the money. And yeah, you're then, always going to have to pay that bill back. But of course you got They're going to bring in the yeah. loss adjusters, you know, yeah, the administrators. Someone's going to buy you know, that debt absolutely. and chase you down. But it just made me a little bit sad that people thought they got away with not having yeah. to... it. That and, debt
0: know. will end up more than what it originally was by the mm. time someone buys that debt and yeah. everything else goes on top of it, their fees go on top. So, yeah. yeah, they might get away with it for six months to a year, but it will come knocking at yeah, the door. Yeah, 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 of course the, they the yeah. it, well, they want to collect
2: will. all the debts, you know, that... Yeah. The, the 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 you know the, the the aim of the administrator is to you know because obviously Nutriculture owe a lot of money to a lot of entities, um, and the the aim of the lot the administrator is to bring in or liquidate those assets and get all the money that's owed to Nutriculture back into the pot, so then it can pay its bills and you know the first one will be HMRC the VAT man all those types of people, and then everyone you're else. you not old, in your and everyone, you're old, but last in the I, well, chain I by the of no, it. No, no, I won't get mine. Um, but you live and learn, you know, at the end of the mm. day. You know, yeah. it's not many times I've been knocked in the industry, and, and it's not a nice feeling. The um, yeah. thing was, I knew it was coming, and I should have, you know, hindsight, I should have just put them on Proforma. Mm. But, you know, you live and learn. It's not going to kill me.
1: One other thing I want to touch on, because I don't really want to go over it in future podcasts, uh, I just wanted to and I'd love your I know I'll get your genuine and honest opinion mm. uh, Grow Well and One Stop being mm. bought by mm.
2: either Horse uh,
1: Culture or, or
0: Alex yeah. um, I've read an Instagram just to stop here I've read an Instagram post this morning that the Cannock, who was at the Canuck shop is that Grow Well or One Stop One Stop they've shut now the Canuck shop and just go to One Store mm. till after Christmas or something yeah, like that they've shut yeah. One Store I don't
1: know what that was about <clears throat> my opinion is uh, although Years ago, we disagreed on the way Grow Well and shops like One Stop, they were just like, they just went, for me, they weren't like real, the the best advice shops. It was like, come in, get saved, get out. It was like turnover, like a supermarket. Mm. Um, But that's just different companies and different people doing Mm. business. I I haven't spoke to a lot of people, but I feel like there'll be a lot of people saying about the owners of One Stop, oh, I can't believe they sold to Alex or Ian, (coughs) saying for Grow Well, how have they sold out? The end of the day, we're moving from a cottage industry to um to something that's become more like traditional industries and that's the way business gets done. If one stop didn't sell Mm. I'm not saying that they would. They would could they have, have gone. They, would they have gone? If mm. they had a, if they were on that in that sort of level mm. then and they had to have gone, who would have paid for those persons' jobs? They're, they're paying the salaries, paying putting the food on the table, doing everything that a job mm. gives them. Um they've all those people have still got jobs. Mm. Do you know what I mean? they still mm. it still function. So I don't say I don't see it being a massive there, there is problems, mm. but if you if I just don't think you can slate the owners of Growwell or the owners of One Stop for having to make the decisions that they don't. Mm. They obviously have. If in a perfect world, they wouldn't have sold. No one wants to sell I mean, fifty you whatever there's No
0: one wants to sell any of the business. Yeah, but if you do do
1: it, it's for a certain reason. Yeah. Isn't and it? I just don't think you should give people a load mm. of shit over it, Um and and anyone given an Alex or or even a load of shit over it. um he's a switched on lad. I, I, like, I don't agree with it personally because I think it's wholesalers can now selling direct to end users, which is a debate by itself. Um, but at the end of the day, he's just looking at, he's, he's not here to make friends. He's just here as a businessman and he's here to make money. And, um, rather than like moaning or crying about what other people are doing, focus on what you're doing and, and how you're going to move your company forward. Mm. You spend too much time crying about other people. You look back at your company and, Next thing is you're looking like, oh shit, I need to look after my own shit. I need to get yeah. Alex on the phone. I need to do 50% of my business. I <laughs> what your take on it would be just to finish off the podcast.
2: Uh, well, I remember hearing your podcast a couple of weeks back when you were going on about Alex and I was like, mm, not quite. I don't quite agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Alex, I've spent a little bit of time over the last sort of year with Alex, just a little bit of meetings here and there. And he started young, you know, he started very young. He's, you know, obviously he's got um, financial support in the early days and probably mentoring from his father, who's, you know, a wealthy chap. Um, and I don't think Alex was very well welcomed in the industry when he first came in the industry because, you know, he was being competitive and that's what industry is all about. Um, if he hadn't gone into Grow Well, I think Grow Well wouldn't have existed anymore. Yeah. Um, grow well, even though Alex is, you know, helping support it, it's still struggling. Yeah. Still struggling a lot. Same with One Stop, as far as I understand. If Alex hadn't intervened, that wouldn't have been anymore. That would have gone bankrupt. Um, so, from Alex's point of view, he, he, you know, he's a businessman and, you know, he wasn't, in his view, he, you know, from my understanding, he wasn't very well treated and still isn't, you know, still resented by a lot of people because generally people, if people are successful or ruthless in business, they're not liked. You know, look at Elon Musk, for example. Most people don't like him. One, because he's a plonker and two, because he's very wealthy, you know, and the same with Richard Branson, you know, you imagine where Richard Branson started in a telephone box. Now he's got, you know, people who think he's God and people who can't stand him. And that's always going to happen in an industry. Alex is just a good businessman. He's got the available funds to be able to do what he needs to, you know, to facilitate what he needs to do. But I think what you've also got to understand is that there's probably maybe 30, 40 stores in the UK that are now buying tents or fans or extracting machines or any other stuff direct from China. Yeah. So then the distributors aren't selling to those shops so then they're losing money because they're taking money off the distributors' table, which is always going to happen because the shops want to make more of a margin themselves. So it's always going to, you know, no matter what industry you're in, there was always going to be that cutthroat, and it's become more cutthroat since the pandemic because mm-hmm. you've gone through the pandemic yeah. when everything fell off a cliff, and it has for everybody, you know, no matter, you know, maybe Mills are doing yeah, it We had pay. this conversation about shops becoming what was it? Chops
0: becoming wholesalers.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, they will yeah. do, you know, there's certain like, you know, like you said earlier, mills are doing okay. You know, that might only last for a period of time because of the market they're supplying into. Um, but, you know, generally prices have gone up for everybody. Overheads have gone up um, and everyone's fighting for that little bit of meat on the table. Yeah. Um, and it will be the survival of the fittest. You know, I'm, I'm hearing horror stories about lots of other companies, you know, if, you're, if you look at the distributors, you know, the main distributors in the UK, they've all been fighting over similar products for many years and margins have been getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And if you're working on, you know, 5% margins of products being sold and suddenly container rates go up from $2,500 to $20,000, you're in serious trouble. Yeah. So it is literally people fighting for what they can get and they're fighting amongst themselves. And that will always happen. And then, you know, the likes of Alex and you know various other companies that are strong will rise above that, and the other ones will just fall by the wayside. Because I think, you I think, I don't think you've seen the worst of it yet. In in all honesty, the way I see it at the moment, yes, very sadly Nutriculture's gone, um, and and for various reasons it has. But I think you're going to see other distributors slowly disappear. You know, over the next couple of years, uh, um, people will go, well, how did that happen? And it's because there's not much margin. There's everybody fighting. You know, there's, there's shops obviously bringing their own products in. You've got the, you know, a certain country coming in here and taking over the industry. Um, so, you know, there's lots of economic and financial reasons why things are happening. But from Alex, I mean, I quite like Alex, if, in all honesty. And I know a lot of people don't. And the reason I like him because I've always got on with him from a point of view, I've been very honest with him and he's been very honest with me. And, you know, you know me for a long time. I don't suffer fools lightly, like, you know, I, I, I don't. But I've been, you know, we've spoken honestly several times and I'm happy with that. Um, and I know how he felt when he first came in, and in the industry. And it didn't make him feel very accepted in the industry, and maybe you know it was because of what he was doing, and he rubbed people up the wrong way. But be careful, the devil, you know, because you know Alex is is a mover and shaker in the industry, and the, the sooner the people come to realise that, the better they'll be able to accept it and work with it. If shops are upset with Alex, then you if you don't want to you don't want to feed the devil or whatever. In, in people's minds you just don't buy from him it's as simple as that you know if you don't want you know if you don't want to support alex or you don't feel you know alex is doing the right thing in the india alex is doing what's right for him yeah. and what's right for his staff and what's right for his business you know uh, model and if he feels to buy grow well and own 90 to grow well and i don't know what percentage you bought of, of one stop then that's free for alex to do that you know and and you know, he's kept people in jobs. You know, if he hadn't done that with Growwell, Growwell would probably gone. Yeah. yeah. And the same, exactly the same with with One Stop. So he's strategically positioning himself in the industry, and 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 doing it the way he wants to. Are people going to start trying to um, blackball him or not supply to him? Maybe because they see him as a threat. Uh, and that's business for you. You know, I can't mm-hmm. see Shell and. Uh, an Exxon or whoever they are, you know, BP being friends and yeah, yeah. let's share oil rigs and distribute oil together. That doesn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's just that, you know, the industry's moving on. You've got all the issues with banking and, you know, and various other things that are going on in the industry. And that's just all thrown in the pot with, you know, everyone fighting for sales and and you know, and and things changing within the industry. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if people aren't happy. And you just don't buy from someone, you know, you yeah. don't help facilitate or boost their profitability. But, you know, people will say one thing and they'll do another thing. I know. I know. And that, that's the problem with the industry. You know, years ago they tried to set up an association. <laughs> and the problem is people can't even remember half the time they even went to the association. You know, so the, the industry's got to be, try and become more businesslike. Um, and more professional, um, whether they want to facilitate or support, you know, people coming from overseas and doing what they're doing, that's entirely up to them. That will last so long because laws will change as they are changing in Germany and they will change in due course. They will change in this country as well. We'll probably be behind the curve because we're not part of the EU now. And the UK thinks it's godly. Compared to everybody else in the world. I mean, they always have done, you know, they're superior. The yeah. UK government and the UK aristocratic, aristocratic, I can't even say it, aristocracy have always thought that they're more superior than the rest of the world. And that's, you know, that's the mantle they've always carried on their shoulder. So I think, in regards to legalisation over here, I think it'll probably, the UK will probably be the last, but it's not. It's not about, oh, this is going to kill you. This is about how much money can we make from it
1: now? Yeah, yeah.
2: And that's what it's about. That's always what it's about though, isn't it? I think what you'll see is what you're you're seeing in Canada at the moment and America is well, particularly Canada, use that as the benchmark. Canada, we first did our, 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 set up our first commercial facility in Nova Scotia at a place called um, Organogram. And that was, I think, 2012, 2013. As Canada was starting to put its name on the map, and there were caregivers there. And then in 2017, 2018, then they legalized it. And there was a boom beyond belief for everything growing. Um, and now that has just been blown out. The distribu- the, the, the manufacturers or the LPs or the, the, the big commercial facilities have managed to get their product better than it was It's now really cheap in the dispensaries. People can't be bothered to grow and it's cheaper to go into the dispensary. When people were asking me six, seven, eight years ago, I was um, regarding what do you think of it becoming legal here in the UK? i would be careful what you wish for. Then in 2017, 18, 19, when we were doing very well and so was everybody else, oh, great. But now you realise the consequences of everybody coming in, all the suits coming in, smashing the price out of it, not doing very well with quality initially, but then getting a handle of it, then putting it into dispensaries and the price just coming down and and just not being worth anything anymore. You can, you know, pick just as cheap as paper. Exactly the same will happen in the UK here. I I And Germany and everything, you'll have a big influx. You're always going to have people who want to grow their own because they don't want to buy from Big Brother. Which I understand. You're always going to have people who want to grow their own so they know what's in it and in it. what it's been, what, done. What's yeah, been yeah, used yeah. to grow it, which is fine. And I would always push people, you know, the problem is you've got electricity prices now and you've got all the other issues that are going on. So is it cost effective for someone to grow or do you want to pop down to the, the local dispensary and buy it down there? So I think what you'll see as Germany comes on board, once Germany comes on board, obviously that's one of the biggest powerhouses in Europe. Malta's already already done it. Um, you'll see a huge influx of people growing in Germany. Then the big boys will come in and then they'll take over and the dispensaries and, and then the, the the purchases of homegrown equipment will start to diminish again. And I think you'll see that country on country and then yeah. it will happen here in the UK. Um I, mean, I had a, a chat with a friend of mine, a, a family friend, a quite wealthy family, and um, he's got a couple of projects in Africa and he wanted to go to um, one of the African countries, I can't remember which one it was, to set up a big cannabis facility to supply Germany. Well, Germany have already stated in their white paper that once they're up and running they will not accept any imports from any other country. So all these companies that are going to Africa thinking that they're going to start shipping into Germany and France, that ain't going to happen. And logically it's not going to happen because why would you want to take the worker one from the workforce in Germany and have an African country produce it cheaper where you've got no control? Mm. You know, you might GMP it, but it's still going to have to be tested when it comes into Germany and it might be cheaper. But the Germans obviously want to keep it, you know, in within in house. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of change in the industry and a lot of, you know, a lot of economic issues, a lot of financial issues, and a lot of, uh, a lot of changes. You an know, interesting g- I've always
0: that. said that, uh, and I still think, I just don't think it will ever come here. I just don't think. Oh, I do.
2: Do you? I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it will do. It'll just be, if you think about it logically, right? Um, what is what are they called? Uh GW. Um, what are they called? Um they're called GW, aren't they? Yeah, GW. Yeah, Pharmaceuticals. GW Pharmaceuticals. So what is it? Two years ago they sold their majority shareholding to a company called Jazz Pharmaceuticals in Ireland. So GW Pharmaceuticals in 2016, 2017 were the largest producer and exporter of medical cannabis in the world. A lot of the shareholders that sit as either board members or shareholders for GW Pharmaceuticals, stroke jazz pharmaceuticals, are high-flying businessmen, MPs, lords, blah, blah, blah. Would you want your nest egg to be dull, your Fabergé egg to be diluted by every man and his dog being able to do what they want to do, so that Epidolox and Sativex are not used anymore because they've spent billions on on mm. you know on running these through processes you know to get them certified and approved by the MR, mrha so I think it will be the last country but they'll have no choice because there'll be a democratic you know there'll be a vote for it and there'll be They'll, you know, there'll be um lobbying at, at government to say, well, how can you have France, Germany, Luxembourg, Spain, Italy, all fully recreational, but not the UK? Mm. And I think there'll be, you know, and they'll have no choice because it'll be people power in the end. And people are already pushing that, that envelope down the table. And it will change. And I think, you know, s- things will start to change through Carly from Cancard. Um, but we're doing some business with, we're going to be doing some business with Carly in due course, which I'll probably tell you in a couple of years time. Um, but yeah, it, w- it will change. Uh, it'll probably go medical here first and they'll probably try and hold on to that mantle for as long as they can and then look at how they can structure, you know, the, 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 the dispensary sort of, you know, the way the dispensaries will sort of start opening up here in the UK. I mean, you go to Thailand, for example, I mean, that was Tha- overnight, wasn't it? Oh, it's that ridiculous. Was overnight. I mean, Thailand at the moment, because um, we're we starting to do some business there, and we're at um, an exhibition at the end of this month. Uh, one of our distributors is, and uh, I think it was June, around June this year. The Thai, if you look at the Thai government or the Thai economy, it's reliant on travel yeah. or people going in there, um, and and tourism. So obviously with the pandemic, it absolutely massacred and decimated the, the, you know, the Thai economy because, you know, obviously most of it's tourism. So they very quickly jumped on, right, we are going to legalize cannabis and there is cannabis absolutely everywhere. I mean, 7-Elevens in Thailand are two a penny every 7-Eleven, there are now two dispensaries. (laughs) So so there are, you know, so it, it, you know, it's everywhere. But is it
0: doing them good, money-wise? Must be. Well, yeah,
2: no, it's doing them good. But now the government is really, because obviously you're getting Western guys coming in there who are growing and bringing seed stock. And, you know, there's UK companies trying to get registration over there um, for fertilizers and things like that. Um, But, the Thais people have got to be very tired. I mean, I've been doing business in Thailand since God, how long? Since 2000. Well, I've been, I lived in Thailand since 1990. I've probably spent five years of my life on and off there. I've got a couple of businesses over there that own land and we bought it in the very early 2000s. And um, Thais are very, they call it, what do they call Thailand? A kingdom of a thousand smiles. And I've always said, You've got to be very careful because they're having you over when they're smiling. And they, so people, all these, all these entities going over there, you know, setting up businesses with Thai companies and Thai, they've got to be very, very careful because the Thais, even though they're very old-fashioned in the ways that they grow, obviously the Western society coming in will get them up to speed. But once the Thais start seeing money – those business relationships will quite quickly disappear if they don't want them to be, you know, yeah. to be um, cemented anymore. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of, lot of, you know, Western companies diving in over there and they just need to be very, very careful, well, you know, how they think the kingdom of smiles mm-hmm. is going to keep on smiling on them sort of five, ten years yeah. down the line. Because the ties aren't stupid, you know. They, they want to grow stuff as cheap as possible, and the, the problem with Thailand is it's very, very high humidity. So you have to really grow indoors to make it, you know, to produce an effective crop. Otherwise you've got mold, you know, you yeah. have 80% humidity all the time. So you've got to go indoors. You've got to use power. Power, the grid is awful over there. You know, you're always your power outages all the time. So you've got to have generators, you know, backup generators. So obviously from our point of view, it's great because we don't require any power for our systems. But obviously lighting equipment, you do. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because I know I've been speaking to my distributor over there and he's um he's an American guy and he's been over for 20-odd years and he gets the feeling, and I'm also spoken to friends I've known over the 30, 40 years, that the Thai government, I've put it out there and everyone's jumped on the bandwagon and they're going to slowly pull the rug away from people. Yeah because they realise that they've moved too fast because, you know, it's just everywhere. It's like a pandemic. <laughs> I've never seen or heard anything like it in my life. Mm. And it's just gone, they've just gone, woo and everybody's at it. So, you know, they suddenly announced that you could grow 15 plants and then I think they dropped it down to a f- less plants and then they weren't sure and then you were produce edibles and they're, oh, no, we don't want you doing that. So there's a lot of, you know... And if you break the law in Thailand, the last thing you want to do is end up in a Thai prison. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know if you go to prison over here, it's probably a lot easier <sighs> than going to a Thai prison there. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. No things will change. I, I think the UK will be the last, but it will happen eventually. It'll have to. They want money. It's all about money. As as long as they they will be looking at Canada and America and Germany and how they're going to police and how they're going to tax and make money. And that's ultimately what it's all about. The world is all about money. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what it is. Yeah. Someone was telling me the other day, ten percent of all the world's money is actually in money. The other ninety percent is on the computer.
1: Mm-hmm. I can well believe. Around mm-hmm. the country, yeah, in Moving around and
2: which is a little bit of advice, by XRP now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we like that. Because it's going to take over Swift. Where
0: are you buying that from now though? Because we, we tried to buy it. Where was it from? You can buy it
2: from uh, uh, Crypto.com. They've got it. But move it all out. Get it all out there. Put it on a ledger hard drive and then once you bought it, leave it there. Put it put it somewhere safe. To you I'm not telling
1: you. <laughs> <that. laughs> Jason, we're going to have to get you back, mate. Yeah, no worries. Um, because I, I feel like we only dipped... In, in and out of some subjects as mm. well. So um but we have got you over the course of the year we've got mm. you up another three mm. or four times depending on your availability and mm. your calendar. Yeah and we'll dip in and out of loads more subjects because yeah, 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 you're one of the most interesting time time people again, to talk yeah. about. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah even no, outside really. of all the products and the amazing things. Yeah yeah, yeah
2: we'll be launching those in the new year. Um we've got a new Dave starting who I can't say who it is mm-hmm. in January. Might turn a few heads. Um, so we've got a new Dave starting in the new year. New Dave, he'll new be Dave. Um, in charge of the UK guys, in charge of the Garden Centre market. You know the, um, you know the building up relationships with stores. A lot of people know him already. And
1: who's next,
2: Can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Swift. Yeah, no, we won't. The people I think word or do start. we know him? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think everybody knows it. You kind of shouldn't Tune in next week. So or? we've waited, you know, Dave left um, sadly in what was it, the <laughs> end of April and a uh, bit of a shock, but no, I'm happy for him. We still got on great. And um, so it's taken a little while to try and find the right person to fill Dave's shoes because he was he was a great asset to the company. And uh, yeah, no, I think we've found someone who can... Goes to the garden centres, mail order companies, hydroponic stores, and, and just have a good relationship with everybody. So, yeah, yeah. Nice. Looking forward. We'll so, let
1: you know in January. When yeah, we yeah. Find well, you'll those. probably
2: find out for because he's coming for the Christmas party, I think, on the 9th of December. So I can imagine when Jono and Doz are seeing, they won't be able to keep themselves <laughs> quiet. So you'll probably find out on the 10th. <laughs> we'll let you all know first.
1: <laughs> Jason, as my always, yeah. it's been my it's been pleasure. pleasure. And uh, we'll see you again very soon. Yeah, no yeah. worries. All right. Cheers. So, nice nice thanks you. very Thank much you. for bye. listening. I'll bye. see you all again very, very soon. Take care. Bye bye.